You're listening to the Joint Practices Podcast. Dad, who am I named after? You're named after my favorite thing in the world, son. With your host, Sean Lamont. People are going to listen to the first 20 seconds and be like, nope, this sucks. <laughs> Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. Because everyone knows you don't bring alcohol to the self-checkout line. Are you excited, girl? I'm so excited, girl. To the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans, that's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on the Twitter bird at 11 the Goat. Joining me tonight, episode 109 is the soupiest, stickiest OG Olive Garden poop. Mr. Steve Knox on the Twitter bird at the Knox says, What is good play? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing Correct. Is good. <laughs> Nothing is good, everything is awful, and pancakes do cheer me up. What also cheers me up is the beautiful guy on his love seat. Recliner. Still a recliner. Damn it. It was a love seat at one time. It's wrong, Elijah. Mr. Elijah Honor, welcome back, baby girl. It's nice to be back. Sometimes your team loses, but it's okay. Are you exited, girl? <laughs> I'm so exited, girl. There you go, TVJ. <laughs> Steven. <laughs> All right. This is going to be a hard one because some of our teams are terrible. But let's start it off with some terribleness. That is the injury bug. Now, this is just a short little list of the more you know, prominent names that were injured this week, but the amount of soft tissue injuries around the rest of the league to, you know, just special teamers, guys you don't talk about too much, was incredible. Like, we kind of talked early on that because of the COVID offseason, injuries were going to pop up, you know, fast and furious. If you smell what I'm cooking, this is Brazil. Anyways. So, let's start off with the big one, the fantasy darling, Christian McCaffrey. Four to six weeks, high ankle sprain? Not good. Panthers, the Panthers were already bad. Now they're worse. Elijah is suiting up at running back for them next week if you want to pick him up in fantasy. And then the week after, I will be out for 12 to 14 years <laughs> with a ruptured spleen. <laughs> Uh, speaking of picking someone up in fantasy football, if you want to go ahead and grab Devonta Freeman, he is now your running back for the New York football giants. Garbage. Uh, I mean, the giants have are bad. Have you seen but... the fucking offensive line of the giants? Yes, I have. <laughs> A bad reason we are bringing this up anyways is, is bad. Saquon tears his ACL. He is out for the year. Good that was just God. a ticking time bomb. That guy was way too overbuilt for his frame. Oh, that sucks for Giants fans and fantasy owners and the guy himself. That He's already, you know, trying to dig out a career in a shitty team and then goes the ACL. Here's the thing for me. Most years, if we had McCaffrey and Saquon with major injuries in the same week, that's the story. Like, okay. That's a terrible week for injuries. And there's still six or seven more notable people that have extended periods of absence. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I mean, we could do them in a chunk and just say the 49ers. They're all hurt. (laughs) Uh, But I guess if we wanted to be more specific, uh, Raheem Mostert, two to four weeks. Uh, uh, Jimmy G., Always hurt. Always. No matter what. He's two to four weeks. Uh, Tevin Coleman, multiple weeks. And then the presumptive defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, out for the season. That's and a team Solomon Thomas, too. And, oh my God, I didn't even put Solomon Thomas on here. That's a team-changing week. You go from presumptive favorites in the West... 
Well, maybe, you know, the Seahawks have been very good. But to a team without a quarterback, your two starting ends, both of your running backs for at least a month, <laughs> and some of those are gone for the season. Yeah, both Bosa and Thomas gone for the year. Yeah. Yeah, man. After they traded DeForest Buckner in the offseason. I think before, and I want to get the terminology right, but I don't really care because, you know, whatever. Uh, I think before the season I said that I thought injuries would be a bloodbath, and I think week one I was not correct. Week two I was I was vindicated. It was a bloodbath. <laughs> Every time you turn around, someone is out for at least a month and maybe for the season. And we're not done yet. No, we're not, because we go to uh, the Broncos, who had their own taste of bad luck with Court Court Courtland Sutton going down for the year with a knee injury, I believe, and then Drew Locke goes down, the starting quarterback, out for one to two months. That's like anywhere four, six, eight games, possibly. That's half the season. That is how many weeks are in months. Yes. And they did not sign Colin Kaepernick, before you ask. They signed Blaine Gabbert or Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. <laughs> One of those two useless Jaguar quarterbacks. Yeah, it's not good. No. They also have Jeff Driscoll, who's not good either. He Well, he's not good. He looked okay last week. He almost brought him back. He always looks okay. He looked okay with Detroit, too. Yeah. I mean, his name's Jeff, so like, you know. I wanted okay. I'd get fries at KFC. I I didn't even know KFC had fries. They're not good. Don't do it. I mean, I'll eat them, but. All right. Quick oh. side. Quick aside. Uh, best fast food French fries. Burger King. Really? Uh, not a fan McDonald's. of McDonald's. I don't like oh. McDonald's. My son Some agrees salt. with Sean. And since. He's smarter than me. I will agree with Sean, too. Burger King has the best fries. Because <laughs> my son eats more f- fast food french fries than anyone on the planet, and he says Burger King's the best. I don't like the fries so much at Burger King that I opt to get onion rings instead. Okay. Did I tell you I worked at Burger King? You want I never... fries with that? <laughs> I never worked at Burger King. All right. What's the next one on the list? Anybody good? Uh, Cam Akers is hurt. Who's that, the other? There's another running back for the the Rams as well. I don't Anderson, know. Brown. I'll be honest. I went to the list of injuries, and it was so long, I just tried to pick out names I knew because otherwise we wouldn't have stopped talking about injuries. <laughs> there was a... Um, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I think it was Cam Akers that had the broken Rib. pinky or whatever. He's the one on the Rams, right? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, I think it was a rib injury. No, I think he broke his pinky. All right. Sure. Um, Ribs and pinky, pretty much the same. (laughs) (laughs) His pinky rib. That's what I said. Does anyone want to talk about the medical malpractice from the San Diego Chargers? Nope. I'm sorry. We can talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, I know. At least I didn't say football team wrong. So, (laughs) again. So if you're new to this, go ahead and uh, Google Chargers medical staff almost kills Tyrod. Should pop right up. So apparently Tyrod Taylor came into week two with some sort of rib injury that he wanted to play through. So the Chargers medical staff was going to give him, you know, one of these touchy subject painkillers that football players get sometimes. Tyrod was getting an injection in his chest and then something went really wrong and he had uh, complications, they were calling it. Sounds like, I don't know, what did he have, a heart attack or almost have a heart attack? Why are you getting injections in your chest? For a rib injury. Well, probably don't play and then let it get better. Don't take a fucking hey, shot. Hey, I'm not the guy. Jesus, don't fucking get mad at me. <laughs> hey, yeah, he started it. Just to clear up, the uh, Cam Makers does have separated rib cartilage. He uh, 
He got folded up on the goal line. Got uh, uh, injured up. in Sunday's win. And <clears throat> Malcolm Brown is the one that fractured his left pinky. Uh, he underwent surgery on Monday to repair it, and they're expecting him to play this week. The Falcons seem like they're really bad at football. I honestly think it's coaching because, yeah, they let the Cowboys come back in that game. But the percentage of onside kicks that recovered last year were less than a half a percent. Not very good. Not very good. How do you not coach your players to understand on special teams on an onside kick that the kicking team has to wait for the ball to go 10 yards before they can touch it? If that ball is dribbling five yards off the tee, go up and recover it and fall on it before it becomes eligible to be recovered. This is like peewee football onside kick stuff. Here's the thing I don't understand. This rule hasn't changed ever. This isn't an adjustment that needed to be uh, uh, put down to the players. This is the same thing you've done forever. Unless every single special teams player is a rookie, it makes no sense. And even if they're a rookie, it still doesn't make sense. But it it hasn't changed. Like, watch the replay of that onside kick. I've so watched Hayden it Hurst six times. Just looking at the ball, just like staring so, at it, like here's a what football. You guys are missing. Here's what you guys are missing. It was the whirly gig onside kick. All the players were hypnotized. Just look at them. The ball's just spinning on the ground. Got these guys hypnotized, and they screw up and lose the game. Well, it's good to know that Dallas can't win without cheating with hypnotism. Yeah. Huh. All right. Elijah dropped the bomb on him. Uh, so big news in the world of the NFL and also uh, legal uh, stuff. Robert Kraft <laughs> gets off. Again. That's all. That's all I've got. That's it. I saw that headline everywhere. I stole it. I don't care. I probably would have thought of it myself, but it's so easy. The New York Post was the first one to have it, and just like, oh, yeah, that pretty much writes itself now, doesn't it? It's uh, good stuff, right, Maroki? All right, I guess if we're going to be sad and depressed, that um, we'll jump into our recaps here of week two. And for those of you just joining us, our, our team suck, and they all lost. <clears throat> Some suck more than others. So, into Suckville we go as the Philadelphia Eagles lose to the Rams 37-19. to And so much of this loss is going to go on Jim Schwartz, as it should, because that was an unprepared defensive effort. The, the game plan when you play Jared Goff is out there. It's notable. It's pressure. You... Once he gets spooked, he can't do anything right. It's one read and then... Ah! So, no pressure. Jared Goff completes his first 13 passes for over 150 yards and a couple touchdowns here and there. This was a game where the offense started to show life. And first series, you know, they had two chunk plays and then Miles Sanders coughs up the ball. But after that, the addition of Sanders and Lane Johnson was uh, delightful to watch the offense actually do some things right. Uh, they did have some drops, mostly DJX. I don't know what was going on with that. But uh, when I watch this game, I kind of feel like Zach Ertz is in his own head or all the contract stuff is in his head because sometimes he's just making silly mistakes out there. I don't know. Maybe it's just because the team hasn't been doing so well, but the hustle doesn't look there. Who am I to judge? But when the, uh, I don't know. The Rams scored three touchdowns in their first three drives, and it was 21-3 to three in the first quarter, and I, I knew that at that point that I could relax because the game's over. <laughs> They're not going to win this game. They're playing like garbage. Defense couldn't stop a fart with the screen door. 
That's pretty much how it goes, though, right? <laughs> the fart's supposed it's a, to go through the screen door. Uh, this feels like last year. Remember last year, every recap was either the defense played well, the offense sucked. Well, the offense played well, the defense sucked. If it wasn't for that, like, one bad interception Carson had trying to force the ball in the end zone, if, you know, if they happen to score there, they end up taking the lead instead of seven points the other way, and it just becomes too much to overcome. I'm frustrated, man. We lost another offensive lineman, by the way, as if that was possible. I don't know if the football gods went, what's the record of offensive linemen hurt in a year? I got an idea for Philadelphia guy. Watch this. It's not good at all. Don't you dare. Um, It is not good. And what else is not good was the effort of the Minnesota Vikings versus the Indianapolis Colts. Falling 28-11. to 11. Steve? Complaint. I mean, it was bad. Everything was bad. <laughs> Offense once again comes out in their first drive and looks like they have their shit together. And, and then apparently there's no game plan after that for Gary Kubiak this year. Um, first drive against the Packers. Go down. Easy touchdown. Nice long drive against the Colts. Get a field goal. And then you don't score again until like the last minute of the fourth quarter. It was just terrible. Line can't block. Cousins can't find anybody except for Adam Thielen on offense. You, you can't give the ball to Delvin Cook because you're down a million points every week. Uh, secondaries still getting lit up. Oh, so many way, young guys. Anthony Barr tore his pectoral muscle and is out for the season. So There's another one. Things aren't getting much better. Uh, help isn't coming, you know off the practice squad to help and make your team better. So, I mean, they got a lot of things to share up. <laughs> when asked about the offensive struggles, Gary Kubiak said, we've got to figure it out. Well, no fucking shit, you meathead. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Doug when he's like, uh, we got some things to clean up. It's always, we have some things to clean up. Yeah. No fucking shit, bud. You scored 11 points against the Colts who lost to the Jaguars last week. Like, you were... I mean, Jesus, this team's in uh, in shambles right now. How much do you put it on Kirk Cousins right now? You have a uh, quarterback go 11 for 26 with three interceptions. Now, there's something to be said for having talent around you. 11 for 26 with three <laughs> interceptions is honestly one of the worst lines I've ever seen. If you take you his were, name you're off, getting you think that into was Nathan, Nathan Peterman. Peter, oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> you're getting into Nathan Peterman uh, uh, territory. Uh, he was pressured on 61% of his drawbacks. That's so, so good. I don't care who you are. If you're under that pressure, you're going to be terrible anyway. It's just like <laughs> I see on Vikings Twitter everywhere. Oh, we're tanking for Trevor. Here it goes. Say, like, no, we're not going to tank for Trevor because... If the Vikings drafted fucking Trevor Lawrence, he'd end up being the next Ryan Leaf because that's just the way it goes for the Vikings. <laughs> it's just you can't the, – the problem is, I mean, this team, the way they want to run their offense, you know, run run the ball, control the clock. Well, you're doing a terrible job because, you know, first of all, you, you know, you're playing a Colts team who's using their backup running back, albeit their – Offensive line is, like, pretty good. Um, they just controlled the fucking the game from, from the start. Almost 17 minutes of possession, the Colts said, over the Vikings. Like, they can't sustain anything. This isn't a team that has the ability to go down early and then mount a comeback. I just don't see it this year. Like, we saw them come back from, what, 20 points down in the second half against Denver last year. So I just don't. Nobody on the offensive side for weapons. Yes, we obviously missed Stefan Diggs. We knew we were going to. But I was expecting somebody to step up. Maybe Justin Jefferson comes in and wows people. Doesn't seem to be the case. I don't think Kirk Cousins trusts anybody not named Adam Thielen. I mean, how can you? <laughs> you have like 
very little, you know, experience with these guys. It's I mean, maybe you can't, but you have to. I mean, you have you have to try. That's that's going to yep. be it. Like there were I mean, you even think about like watching the Monday night game last night and how many times Derek Carr had a guy wide open down the field and just didn't didn't believe in it. Spider two wide banana. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in a game where you have you, you run forty seven offensive plays, only come up with one hundred and seventy five yards. That's losing football right there. And let me just compound on this: how difficult this is got to be as a Vikings fan is. Like when I watched that game, I came out of it looking at that Colts offense and going, "Philip Rivers is bad. <laughs> he is not good anymore." He hasn't been good for a couple of years. No, he. I mean, in two weeks, he has not looked good. And I don't know if you know, new team needs time. Blah blah. He just doesn't. I mean, he's always had that wonky throwing motion, but we've had throwing so, motion. We have so many older quarterbacks that have been around forever, and they're finally starting to fall off. Like if you think yep. about it. Uh, the early to mid 2000s so many of these quarterbacks came in and there's been some that have mixed in after that obviously some younger guys but you know you look at Rivers Manning I know Manning's gone but uh Roethlisberger Breeze comes in there've just been Rodgers there've been guys that have been around forever and Rodgers, Brady well he was before that cuz he's so old <laughs> but uh you're starting to see the end of that uh that grouping of quarterbacks, which has been one of the most successful grouping, uh, they've played forever, but it's coming to an end for a lot of them. Yeah, at least somebody for the Vikings this week got a sack too. Holton Hill on a corner blitz, and Yannick Ngakwe got his first sack this season. Yanni! So finally uh, getting some pressure on the quarterback. I mean, I mean, it only happened three times the whole game, but at least they got there twice. All right. Now, Steve, we might need to um, be extra attentive and provide some emotional support for Elijah. Because I know he's not used to losing, but the New England Patriots did fall in a football game to the Seattle Seahawks, 35-30. to And before we talk about the game or anything, how crazy is it that the game came down to a goal line play reverse from the Super Bowl? Football it, gods. It was crazy. That being said, as a Patriots fan, I feel great. Honestly, we lost. I feel great. They had a chance to beat the Seahawks at the end of the game. There was one play. We're looking back six weeks ago when we thought we'd be 0-2 and we'd be marching into Kansas City 0-3 and and then we'd be 0-7 and Jared Stidham would be doing like a Subway commercial. Who cares? <laughs> I feel fantastic. Cam Newton has looked good. I would like him to run less because I don't think he can sustain this all season, but he is taking care of the ball. The defense was carved up a little bit by Seattle, but I think Seattle's going to do that to a lot of people. DK Metcalf is a full-grown man. He is not <laughs> a child player. He he grabbed that ball and took it away from, I think it was Jonathan Jones, and just said, go away, and scored a touchdown, which I can respect. It's, it's, a, it's a sport where that happens. But I'm so glad the Eagles didn't draft him and instead got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. That was a really good pick because why would you want a full-grown man? Um, Wilson looked great. He's still a fucking nerd that named his son a stupid fucking name. But he, he, looked, he looked really good. Cam has played great in taking care of the ball. Uh, Nikhil Harry is actually probably the first Patriots wide receiver that was drafted in an early to mid round that has actually caught passes. Uh, it sucks they lost when uh, the, they ran the three runs and they didn't get or the. I'm sorry, the four. When they didn't get in, I was upset. Thinking back, I'll take where we are. We've got a big game coming up this week because uh, after that we hit. Uh, 
Uh, what do we have? The Raiders coming up. It's a big game because then we're going to Kansas City. So there's some some big stuff coming up. But I am not, you know, you, it, hate, it sucks when your team loses. I'll, I'll take the positives away from this one. I don't mind. Yeah, I didn't see uh, Cam Newton throwing for almost 400 yards in this game. We <laughs> didn't yeah. think that was going to be a thing. I didn't but either. It looks like he and Julian Edelman are starting to click. Because Edelman had eight catches in that game, 180 yards. Like that's a that's a big time game right there. That is more per catch and than he would that. ever get with Tom Brady. Yeah, it is Over a different two yards a catch. That's it's a that's, different offense, obviously. And I'm not going to compare Brady to Cam in terms of you know if we're talking about uh, the historical measure, it's Tom Brady. If we're talking about careers, it's Tom Brady. If you drop Tom Brady in on this exact same team, your offense is different, and I don't think you can win as many football games. I think Cam Newton gives you uh, the ability to gut some of these out, and Cam Newton will spread the ball around more. The thing was, we always talked about Brady spreading the ball around. The last three or four years, who did he throw it to? He threw it to Julian Edelman, Gronkowski when he was there, and that uh and, oh I'm sorry and, and the Rex, Titan secondary and Rex Burkhead and that was it and the Titan secondary yes correct all right <laughs> um, <laughs> and that was it he had three guys and everyone else there would catch ten balls it, yeah so it's a different offense it's exciting it's fun to watch I like it I like Cam Newton uh, both on the field and off the field more than I ever thought I would and I'm excited about it and it's a great way to stay in shape. Steve Knox. Oh, is it time? It's all time, baby. Oh, let go. Studs and duds, studs and duds. It's all time for studs and duds. It's all time for studs and duds. Welcome back to studs and duds. Wait, Taylor, the studs and duds is brought to you in part by Skull. <laughs> Skull Vikings, right, Steve? Studs and duds, baby. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Let's get hot and heavy. Let's get some studs. Sorry. Let's get some duds. Jeez Louise. Elijah, why don't you stud me, big boy? Uh, My number one stud is, uh, for the first and probably only time, maybe not, Harrison Butker from the Kansas City Chiefs. Because he kicked a game-winning field goal, but there was a penalty, and he went back to 58 yards from there. And then he kicked a game-winning field goal, but there was a timeout, so he tried again. And then he kicked a game-winning field goal from 58 yards, and to me, that Money. is studly. Hey, he's on my fantasy team, too. Speaking of my fantasy team, another gentleman on there. Tight end from the Rams, Tyler Higby. Five catches for 54 yards, and three of those five catches were touchdowns. Speaking of your fantasy team, he's on my fantasy team in a different league, and I benched him. Ooh. Who I wish I had on my fantasy. Dallas Goddard. That was dumb. (laughs) I know. Speaking of wishing someone was on your fantasy team, how about Aaron Jones? Going for 168 rushing yards and two touchdowns, as well as four catches, 68 yards, and a third touchdown. Woo, doggy. Uh, it's always nice to get 50 points from your running back. Yes, Seems I wicked would say good. that is correct. So we'll go back down to the bottom here to Elijah for another stiggity stiggity stud. Yeah, uh... Josh Allen. People thought he was bad, but turns out he's good. He lit Having up. his moments. Yeah. I mean, almost 70% completion percentage, over 400 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. If that's not Studley, then I don't know what Studley is. I uh, don't hate a Josh Allen. I I enjoy watching Josh Allen play backyard football on an NFL field. And he was really good at it this yes. week. <laughs> Every blind nut finds a squirrel. All right. Yeah. Speaking of nuts, I uh, 
Second stud, Stefan Diggs. Steve, I'm sorry to do it to you, but eight catches, 153 of those. Josh Allen receiving yards and a tutty. He's looking like a good fit over there. Great job. You did it against the Dolphins. Let's see if we do it against a team that's actually worth a damn. Hey, hey, hey. He'll get his chance this week. A guy who stood up in a game against a team worth a damn. Darren Waller from the Raiders. 12 receptions on Monday Night Football. First game. What is it? Allegiance? Allegiance Field? Allegiance Stadium? Stadium. Yeah. Speaking of Chris Berman, fuck him for stealing the John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Josh Jacobs. <laughs> I and I hate when he does the Adam I'm hooked on a Thielen. Like yeah. it should be more than a Thielen. Like, the Boston song is weird. More than a Thielen. Yeah. Uh anyway, Darren Waller, twelve receptions, hundred and three yards, and a touchdown uh Monday night football to help the Raiders beat the Saints. Um and listening to the story street. of how Gruden picked him up was incredible. Yeah. Like, they saw him just practicing before the game, or it was a preseason game against the Ravens. And they just saw him out there running routes and catching balls. And they were like, who's this guy? Like, what team is he on? And then they made the deal on the flight home after the game. Very good pickup. And Italy do. It's. Time to get dirty, dirty, dirty. That's new. I want to start because my uh, first dud is going to play off Steve's stud. Because my first dud is personally responsible for five catches, 54 yards, and three touchdowns of Tyler Higby. And that's Eagles linebacker, Nathan Gary. White Snake himself. He should change his name to Burnt Toast. Because... He looked like a lost puppy out there. In the run game, he's bad. In coverage, he was bad. In trying to catch up to the fucking tight end who just blew by him, bad. Nate Gary is a dud. Well, I guess if we're going to piggyback off my studs, then uh, to contribute to the Saints' loss is the penalties that this team is committing. Like, if you're supposed to be one of the best teams in the league, you need to be very disciplined. And they were exactly the opposite of that uh, in, in both weeks. I'm, I know they got the win week one, but over 100 yards and penalties. And then last night, 10 penalties for 129 yards. Great way to lose a game. Um, so not a great way to a stay team that, you know, they're they're famous for bounties and stuff like that. But Jesus, get your shit together. Shots fired from the soup. Go, girl. I would like to do all five of my duds at the same time. <laughs> Supposed to be two, but okay. Right, exactly. Just turn the two upside down and it's five. So, my five duds are Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan, John Gruden, Vic Fangio, and Sean Payton. And my five duds are duds because they're stupid fucking idiots. That's not true. They might be very smart because they're entitled. Because they don't follow the rules that are put before them that are easy to follow and everyone else has to follow. So, uh, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan, John Gruden, Vic Fangio, and Sean Payton were all fined $100,000 and their team fined $250,000 by the NFL because they coached on the sideline without their masks on or without a mask on. Politics aside, virology aside, uh, the ability to post a meme on Facebook about COVID being fake by baby boomers aside... There are very simple rules that were set forth by the NFL, and those rules said, if you're a coach on the sideline, you need to wear a mask. It wasn't maybe wear a mask. It wasn't you should wear a mask. It wasn't please wear a mask. It said, do this. Is it just posturing? Maybe. But the rule was put forward, and it said you as a head coach need to do this. Week one, there were some issues, and something got sent out to all the coaches that said, hello, it's us, the NFL. Nice to see you. Wear your fucking masks. Can you just do that? We're telling you to. You have to do it. And five coaches chose to just not do it. The last time a coach chose to just not listen to an NFL memo, I had to deal with Spygate for a fucking decade. So maybe. Yeah, right. So John Gruden comes out last night and says, well, I'm, you know, uh, I'm really sensitive to it. 
I'm just trying to follow the rules. I'm just trying to coach while doing a mask, and I'm just trying to communicate to my guys. Well, John Gruden, are you a cheater? Because all the other coaches managed to communicate to their guys with a mask on. So are you cheating by not wearing a mask? Just wear the fucking mask. It's like when you go to Hannaford or Shaw's or... No, we don't go to Shaw's. Uh, uh, market Basket or Supermarket Sweep or... <laughs> That's it's coming back, by the way. Or wherever you go, Win-Dixie. and you see, and you see some self-entitled fucking person there without a mask, so good. without a mask, saying, "I don't need to do this." Just, just, just follow the fucking rules. Why can't I always follow the rules in Hannaford? Except today, I'm truly ashamed. I accidentally brought my six-pack of beer into the self-checkout line, and some poor lady had to come over and scan it in, and I felt like an idiot. <laughs> Because everyone knows you don't bring alcohol through the self-checkout line. So number three dud, number six dud, is Elijah Arnold for bringing (laughs) alcohol through the self-checkout line. I was real mad, but now I'm less mad. There's a big difference between being inconvenienced and, you know, somebody griping on your freedoms and your rights. Like, uh, put a mask on. Sorry, you got to wear a mask for the 30 minutes that you're in the grocery store. But You take 30 minutes in a grocery store? Yeah, it's not easy to grocery shop with a two and a four-year-old either. So I usually just stay home with them and let my wife go and uh, fucking run the supermarket sweep. What's the matter? You pick up groceries all day? You don't want to go to the store and play with them some more? <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Uh, but back to this mask thing. Um, what the hell was Bill Belichick wearing? Because that thing looked like it belonged on an infant. It was very strange. It uh, <laughs> it technically covered his mouth and his nose. Technically, it did, but the like, yeah, it was the wrong size. It was looks like a pair of underwear. Can we just say it? <laughs> like literally, looked yeah, like something you put on just to hold your balls. And just let let the ding dong hang over it's the front a dong of it. pocket. <laughs> he wore the banana banana hammock of faces right so like it covered what it had to and then you got to see the rest of his jowls and here's my my favorite thing too uh about the belichicks wearing the mask because uh steven belichick has the gator on you know he's got the, the thing up around his neck pulls it up over his nose this guy's calling him defensive plays and he's still got the play sheet held up in front of his face like he thinks the guy on the I know can that's read funny. His lips. <laughs> it's hard to break personal like I get that. I've done some yeah. really stupid fucking things in my life, so I understand <laughs> that. Like like yeah, I get no, it. just got a good chuckle out of it, you know what I mean? Like I'm not not bagging on the guy, but uh, made me laugh. Um where were we? Oh, yeah. Uh my second dud was uh MetLife Stadium's turf. Because the amount of people that got injured in that Jets 49ers game was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. The The reports were that the turf was sticky. Now, I'm, I'm somebody who knows about being sticky, but turf oh, is not, not supposed to be sticky. One finger, one knuckle, one finger. <laughs> like, come on. Get your shit together. They're giants and Jets of New York from New Jersey, whatever we want to call them now. Ah, MetLife Stadium sucks. But you pass it on 95 when you go into Disney World. My last dud. Fly over it too. Steve, cover your ears. Kirk Coupons. That's right. Quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. I know one of those three interceptions wasn't really his fault. It was just a halftime heave, which is the stupidest play in the world. I hate it. But, you know, Kirk Cousins played like garbage. His line's garbage. He got jittery. Nathan Peterman-esque. Oh, I forgot to bring up the fact that they gave up another Kirk safety for two weeks in a row. I actually wrote that down on my list. <laughs> Maybe you should stop throwing at the goal line. I mean, not a bad idea, considering the guys that you have in the backfield. Uh, also, I don't mean to keep going back to the Vikings game, but how has Sean not brought up the fact that the Colts kicker's name is Rodrigo Blankenship? <laughs> I've been saving it for and a he's, better, he's better got, day. He wears fucking goggles and <laughs> got that like unruly mustache. 
Oh yeah, I'm Brother Eagle. He's like a cartoon character. Yeah, he's uh something else. He's he's a character, is what he is. Yeah, we kicked four field goals in this game too. So if Rodrigo Blankenship is available in your fantasy league, you should probably go pick him up because he's pretty good at kicking, despite his fucking wacky name. <laughs> Son of a Blankenship! Let's wipe our asses of this week. I don't care if it's like wiping the tip of a Sharpie to get it done. Because maybe we can, between the three of us, somebody may might be able to win this week. So, Elijah, why don't you kick us off with the week three matchup for your New England Patriots. Playing the Raiders. The Raiders. Um, John Gruden's got COVID or had it, so he doesn't have to wear a mask because he's a dick. But uh, Patriots are favored by six. So Vegas, where the Raiders are from, doesn't like the Raiders. Uh, you've got the 2-0 Raiders playing the 1-1 Patriots, and the Patriots are f- favored by almost a touchdown. I could see why, I guess, they beat a bad, uh, the Raiders beat a bad Panthers team. They beat a Saints team in turmoil. So This is in New I England, will, by the way. I won't tell you who I'm going to pick because of the Pick'em Show. Learn my lesson. But I'll give you a clue. It's not the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, also, the hmm. Patriots have to win because they play the Chiefs next week, and going 1-3 and three wouldn't be possible. It wouldn't be possible. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> it's, <very> be- <laughs> it's likely. This is a team that just rocked the Saints world. Obviously, that's a different Saints team without Michael Thomas, but Derek Carr looks like competent quarterback, so that's kind of cool for them. Not for you, but... Emmanuel Sanders a dud. He had a couple drops, didn't he? He had a bunch of suck in that game. Anyway, uh, yeah. This is... uh, This game is going to be way more interesting than I thought it was going to be going into the season. I have been very incorrect about pretty much everything this year. And, uh, I don't know, I look forward to, uh... Seeing what the Patriots can do at home against the uh, Raiders, because uh, who had the Raiders at three and zero through three weeks? Hey, I had them making the playoffs. I don't. My sure. son had them making the Super Bowl. So, yep. All right, soup. Minnesota Vikings at the Tennessee Titans. This is zero and two versus two and zero, baby. I don't think yeah. the Vikings can afford to go zero and three. You can't. I mean, the likelihood you make the playoffs at starting off zero two is already very slim. I know that there is an extra playoff spot this year, but if you start zero three and just, I mean, if you come out looking like you did last week again, like this is gonna be just an atrocious season to watch. That Titans seem to be, you know, in business. I didn't really like what I saw from Tannehill in week one. Week two, it looked like he, you know, took the sloppy Joe and he tightened it up a little bit. I mean, you got to stop Derrick Henry. And if you couldn't stop the fucking rushing attack of the Colts, and why am I blanking on the guys? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, if you couldn't slow him down, good luck with Derrick Henry. Uh, wide receivers for Tennessee aren't, you know, crazy. But slowing down a guy like John U. Smith, who has just <laughs> ripped it apart uh, so far, uh, it's going to be tough. So I don't know. Offensively, what are you going to do? Let's, uh, we need Gary Kubiak to figure it out. Yeah, maybe get Kirk Cousins... In a rhythm early. I don't know. Something, something's got to change on both sides of the ball. Hopefully this, I mean, this is probably a, a better matchup for the Vikings with their young secondary because, I mean, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis aren't going to scare the pants off you. So maybe they can get some confidence there too. Also, this game is in Minnesota and Elijah's got it as it was at the Titans. <laughs> Well, ha, at least he's got on my you. game right. I didn't switch the words at or verse at all. Well, there bad. you go. Outlining. 
That's bad I haven't seen you update by a you, single outline ever. And if we're 0-3 after this week, you can kiss the podcast goodbye. <laughs> You'll be back. You always come back. Because not only are you staring down the barrel of 0-3, so am I. Philadelphia Eagles are hosting the Cincinnati Joe Burrows. The Bengal Tigers. Bengal Tigers. Two 0-2 two teams fighting over who can be 0-3. Yeah, the season's on the line here, so we got to make some shit happen. What I think needs to happen in this game is the Eagles offense needs to take what they did in week one and take what they did in week two and find a mesh point between them. Because week two, there was like barely any deep shots. I don't think there was a deep shot. In week one, they played Madden four verts for three and a half quarters, and it didn't work. Worked a little bit at the beginning of the game. Stephen Elliott, motherfucking nuts. Burpaholic. I just like this to be like a blowout because this is like my Jets game from last year where they just beat the pants off him, and you got to just enjoy your team being good at something for 60 minutes. If we're going to do this, the defense is good one week, then the offense is bad back and forth all year again. Can I just get one game with like six sacks, two turnovers, and the offense puts up 30 points, please? They're favored by six. The Eagles are favored by six, and I think they should not be favored by that much. The Bengals' offense isn't bad. Joe Burrow's been slanging it. Joe Burrow can sling it. Joe Mixon is good. A.J. Green played football before, so it's dangerous. Joe Burrow's only been slinging it because his team's been playing in garbage time. There's like 28 of his 61 attempts last week were his 61. team down two touchdowns. Oh I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said, sling it once, shame on you. <laughs> sling it twice, you can't shoot the shooter. Yeah, come on in, Miss Lincoln. You love it except for one act. Jesus, where are we even at in life? Poop sandwich. That's what's going on right now. You're really, you're in a, oh my God. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you're in a spicy mood. <laughs> he is. He's just pissed <laughs> off, man. You know what I almost did? On, I almost opened the podcast with uh, the normal intro, and then I almost said something like, let's recap my game because my Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I literally started watching the game I, the this past week and uh when I got home from work Sunday night while I was watching the Sunday night game and I I turned it off at halftime I didn't even watch the second half I was just like what's the fucking point you guys look so terrible you can't beat the fucking Colts who lost to the Jaguars it was a brutal loss staring down and that the barrel. Jaguars almost beat the Titans so you know what that means the Titans will probably win by like 47 this week Hey, before we go, National Voter Registry Day. I don't know if you guys caught that commercial during most of the games about, you know, the importance of registering to vote. That 39% of eligible voters didn't vote in the last election. So if you are not registered to vote and you want to be, like, I will drive you there. I will drive you wherever you need to go. We all need to vote. At voting time. There are many websites. Google it. I will still help you. I'm offering to help. I want to make sure everybody participates in this friggin' election. We all are people that need to be heard. So. And also don't be racist. Stop fucking being racist. For the love of God. Yeah. I think that's going to do it. Episode 109 of the Joint Practice Podcast. Sometimes my voice levels just change dramatically, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for people listening on headphones. Elijah, tilt your camera down. All I can see is your friggin' hat. It's and if you want to be on this right now, there he is. Liverpool Bye. Football Club. Oh, yeah. You'll never Do you have walk your NASA below. shirt on, Go by the way. Fuck United. 
Oh, what do I have on? Hold on, let me look. Jurassic Park. Park or NASA? Oh, nope. Star Wars. It's Millennium Ooh. Falcon. Switching I've it up. I've never worn this shirt on the podcast before. Ooh. That means ratings are about to go through the roof. It's not even gray. I said gray. So if you want to be on our podcast with us, we will bring you on and talk about your team. Any team in the league. doesn't matter. Seriously, if you want to be on the show, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, Joint Practices. Email us, jointpracticespod at gmail.com. We'll bring you on. We'll ask you seven football questions, seven non-football questions that we make up off the top of our head at any given point in time. It will be amazing and random and funny and fun. So come on our show. Yeah, top five shits the Vikings are taking on the field and go. One, it was filled with corn. Two, it NFC was championship game. Three, he had a gastro bypass. Four, it, uh, a blockage. That was supposed to just be an example of uh, <laughs> what can happen on 7-on-7 seven on seven, but took it to a new level. So whatever thing you listen to this podcast on, you rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends. You can tweet us. I just followed a new person and got my first tweet mention. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the places you can tweet us, it's Twitter, <laughs> first of all. Um, the ats you can tweet us at are as follows. At Joint Practices. At 11TheGoat. That is E-L-E-V-E-N-T-H-E-G-O-A-T. At The Knox Says. At Rogelijah. Send us a tweet with the hashtag Clamorslammers. To let us know you're listening, we look. Glamour I can't read. It's not what it says. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Clam slammers. <laughs> We would love to hear from you. Clamors, slammers. Skull Vikings. I don't even fucking know. God. <laughs> 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 Say clamor slammers. I could have sworn that's what it said. I read it four times to get ready. I read it four times and I was like, here we go, kid, time to shine. Clamor slammers. And that's not what it said. I don't even I don't even think clamor is a well, you can clamor for something, but that wasn't my intention. I okay. Oh god. <laughs>